ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. It's Saturday the 22nd of April. I'm Jamie East and this was a week that saw Dominic Raab quit after bullying reports, celebrations for 25 years of peace in Northern Ireland, Fox News settling their libel case and SpaceX rocket blowing up. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the smart seven. It's news, but not the news. Allow me to respond in the right way at the right time. Of course, look, if an allegation of bullying is upheld, I would resign. That was now former Deputy PM and Justice Secretary Dominic Raab speaking to Sky's Sophie Ridge back in February. And that reply has come back to haunt him as he submitted a resignation letter to Prime Minister Rishi Sunak on Friday morning. It came after the report of an inquiry into bullying complaints was delivered to the PM on Thursday. The report found that Demonic, sorry, Dominic Raab had acted in an intimidating fashion with unreasonably and persistently aggressive conduct in a workplace setting. Labour's deputy leader Angela Rayner welcomed his resignation and praised the civil servants who came forward. For all of those people to come forward, not one, not two, many people to come forward, it must have took significant bravery and therefore I don't think this is an interpretation. The fact that Dominic Rapp has resigned tells me, even in his defiance, that he knows there's something there. The defiance she mentions was in Dominic's letter of resignation, which he used to complain about the disciplinary process and warned that such a low threshold of bullying would set a dangerous precedent for other ministers. Labour leader Sakir Starmer, also softy as Rishi calls him, wasn't too impressed by the whole affair, including Rishi's decision to let Raab resign. I don't know why Dominic Raab, in the middle of a cost of living crisis, thinks that anybody wants to hear about his whining. What I think everybody wants is strong leadership, and that has been palpably absent here. Why on earth was Raab appointed in the first place? Why on earth isn't the government laser-focused on the cost of living crisis? Manira Wilson, Lib Dem MP, thinks that the findings of the report should mean that Raab also steps down as an MP. He's clearly proved that he's unfit. I think he really should be standing down as an MP today, triggering a by-election in Isha and Walton so that people there can actually go out and vote for a new MP who will serve them with integrity and will treat members of staff with respect.
The UK this week asked Russia to release Vladimir Kara Mirza, a Putin critic, after he was jailed on Monday for 25 years on charges linked to his criticism of the war in Ukraine. The Russian-British former journalist and politician was found guilty of treason, spreading false information about the Russian army and being affiliated with an undesirable organisation, though he denies all charges. He was arrested shortly after giving an interview to CNN where he said Russia's running a regime of murderers. This regime that is in power in our country today, it's not just corrupt, it's not just kleptocratic, it's not just authoritarian. It is a regime of murderers and it is important to, to say it out loud and it is really tragic, frankly. I have no other word for this. His wife, Evgenia Karamurza, says the fact he's been sentenced shows how important his work is. This sentence shows that they're so afraid of him and they hate him so much that they want to lock him up for a quarter of a century. Wednesday saw Oliver Dowd and the Secretary of State for National Investment Security warning UK firms they should be ready for imminent attacks from Russian hackers. Ministers have warned Russia-linked cyber attack groups want to destroy the country. Businesses have been urged to beef up their cyber security to protect them from ideologically motivated rather than financially motivated enemies who've already begun targeting the UK. Today, I can confirm that the National Cyber Security Centre is issuing an official alert to operators of our critical national infrastructure. As if that wasn't bad enough, the chief exec of the National Cyber Security Centre, Lindy Cameron, says that China's also hunting down your passwords. What we're talking about here is the challenge of future technology. And what I'm saying about China is that China is, as we say in the Integrated Review, an epoch-defining threat. The scale and pace of their ambition and technology is something that all of the people here at the conference need to take seriously. And former diplomat Lord Ricketts says we need to be prepared for Russia to escalate these cyber attacks. But I guess we have to be prepared for this to get worse. Putin thinks he's in a war with the West, even if it's an undeclared, unconventional war. And therefore, you know, it's no holds barred. And of course, Russia's war in Ukraine continues. And NATO boss Jens Stoltenberg was in Kiev on Thursday for his first visit to Ukraine since the Russian invasion began. He held talks with President Zelensky, who's been appealing for fast-track membership to the military alliance, something which Russia's keen to prevent. In a joint news conference, Stoltenberg reaffirmed the organisation's support. I'm here today with a simple message. NATO stands with Ukraine. This week saw a series of commemorative events in Belfast to mark the 25th anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. A three-day conference took place in Queen's University with guests including Chancellor Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Tony Blair, former Senator George Mitchell and many more. Former Irish leader Bertie Ahern spoke to Sky News in advance of the event and was pretty clear about who was to blame for the current difficulties. We found it very difficult to, to deal with Barisi. We, we had the trouble with the backstop, we had the trouble with the protocol, we had a lot of trouble with Brexit in the first place. Uh, quite frankly, I don't think we would have had the institutions in Northern Ireland down uh, if it hadn't been for Brexit. The conference got underway on Monday with former US President Bill Clinton saying his decision to become involved in the peace process was a leap of faith. His wife Hillary also spoke at Queen's University celebrating the longevity of the agreement. The longevity of the Good Friday Agreement remains a true triumph of diplomacy and a testament to democracy's power to transcend divisions and deliver peace. And as the commemoration wrapped up on Wednesday night, there was a gala event hosted by Rishi Sunak at Hillsborough Castle. The event was packed with current and former world leaders, including EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, who praised the agreement as a miracle. Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar says the agreement changed the shape and culture of both the Republic of Ireland and the North. The Good Friday Agreement 
concluded 25 years ago challenged our assumptions of what we once thought possible. It gave us a pathway to a better future. All the commemorations in part designed to push the parties in the North to resume the Northern Assembly and resume normal political life, as UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak pointed out. We need to create a more stable, devolved government in Northern Ireland. And that means getting the institutions up and running. There's no sign of any let-up in the ongoing industrial unrest in the UK as the Royal College of Nurses announced that its members are set to strike again from the 30th of April after they voted to reject the latest government pay offer. The deal, which saw a one-off payment for 2022 and a 5% pay rise, was rejected by over half of the union members and Pat Cullen says the government needs to improve their offer. Our members have spoken loud and clear. They're saying it's not right and it's not historic. So now I'm saying to government, let's get round the table again. Uh, let's put more money on the table and let's do the right thing for nursing and the right thing for the NHS. Conservative Party Chairman Greg Hans says there are still results expected from the other union's ballots and there's no prospect of more money, at least for now. It is a full and final offer. The offer has been accepted by Unison, recommended by the RCM but not accepted by its membership. It's only reasonable for us during the middle of the ballot process uh, to wait to see those further results and we'll be uh, laying out a response uh, to make sure that we can take that forward. Tuesday saw Rishi Sunak wade into the teachers' strike as he called for greater maths literacy. It came on the same day it was announced the Prime Minister's being investigated by Parliament's standard watchdog over a possible failure to declare an interest and it seems to be in relation to a childcare firm his wife has shares in. He ploughed on, however, hoping his plans to get young people studying maths up until the age of 18 would serve as a distraction. I won't sit back and allow this cultural sense that it's OK to be bad at maths to put our children at a disadvantage. But Mary Boosted from the National Education Union says the maths just don't add up. I mean, the problem we have more than anything else in schools, and probably the reason why children aren't getting the maths education they deserve, is because... We've got a chronic shortage of maths teachers. Still to come on the standout seven, Rupert Murdoch pays out and SpaceX goes boom. Right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. Fox News has agreed a £780 million settlement in its defamation case with Dominion. The case was taken over claims that Fox had knowingly broadcast lies that the voting machine company was in a plot to falsify election results and steal the 2020 US election. Rupert Murdoch, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity and other Fox stars had been expected to testify at the scheduled six-week trial, but the case was settled before opening statements were heard. Fox is facing more libel claims from another voting machine company, an ex-employee who says she was coerced into giving false testimony testimony and from a shareholder over the false claims. Journalist and author Michael Wolf says that Fox needed to make a settlement. Because there was no way that Fox could stand to the exposure that a trial would bring. Uh, not to mention no way that its 92-year-old chairman could withstand a uh, rigorous cross-examination. 
Thursday saw Elon Musk's SpaceX launch their newest rocket, Starship, thought to be the most powerful ever built. It's hoped the rocket will one day be able to send astronauts to Mars, and it's set to play a key part in NASA's upcoming Artemis mission to send more people to the moon. Well, it certainly launched, but four minutes later a malfunction saw it go through what SpaceX called a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. Now, I'm no rocket scientist, but it certainly looks to me like it just exploded. Elon's fanboys were keen to claim the launch itself a success, but that rocket is no more. Obviously, this is, uh, does not appear to be a nominal situation. Everything after clearing the tower was icing on the cake. got that one friend who's got a name that's difficult to pronounce or hard to spell. I'm thinking of you, Jesper Fortescue. If only there were more friends like Ryan Reynolds in the world. He's gone out of his way to create a special birthday song for his co-owner of Wrexham Football Club, Rob McElhenney. The Always Sunny in Philadelphia star has one of those names that's challenging, at least until now. Enjoy. It's McElhenney, McElhenney. Always to massacre and mispronounce it. There are many. McElhenney. It's McElhenney. 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 If there was doubt, now there won't be any. It's McElhenney. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes we'll give you the world. 